Hi, my name is Evan, and I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Ian, and I use they, them pronouns. And we are... The Baker Street Regulars, a podcast where we are taking a queer magnifying glass to the Sherlock Holmes canon and its many adaptations. Hey, I got a question for you. Yeah? Do you like to talk to tomatoes? From time to time. Mm -hmm. And has a squash ever made you smile? Well, sure, I suppose. In a good soup, maybe? Yeah, there's lots of dishes you can make with squash that I think would make me smile. Then boy, do I have the episode for you. Do is. <laughs> Golly gosh, what is this incredible episode that, that ticks off all of my interests? Well, it's Veggie Tales, Sheer Luck, and the Golden Ruler. Applies, applies, break, applies, break, applies. Thank you, thank you. So, we want the Veggie Tales special, Sheer Luck Holmes and the Golden Ruler. Mm-hmm. We watched the chunk of it that is a Sherlock Holmes parody. It's part of a larger episode that involves Bob and Larry, the main characters of VeggieTales, of the VeggieTales cast, receiving a letter from somebody about what it takes to be a good friend, and then insulting the state of South Dakota. As you do. For people who don't know VeggieTales, just in case there are people who don't know VeggieTales, it's a animated series about Christian vegetables mm-hmm. that talk. And one fruit. Bob, the tomato. Is he the only fruit? I think so. He was the only fruit I saw. I think that he's... Although Larry's pretty fruity himself. Hey! Wow. Wow. We're keeping that in. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of other fruit, but I, you know, tomatoes are colloquially thought of as vegetables, so I think we can give it a pass. Just this once, though. Just this once. I watched a bunch of these as a kid because I went to a church that would, like, lend them out. So we just would take home the, probably VHS. Mm-hmm. And in the pre-2002 era, especially, they were fairly formulaic. They're retelling a Bible story. And there's a, always a, you know, moral. It's usually a parable. And then there's often some silly comic bits in betweens. Mm-hmm. N- most notably, silly songs with Larry the cucumber, who is right. one of the main characters of the show. And I had never seen this parody before, but I was very familiar with the brand. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the 2002 movie, their retelling of the Jonah and the Whale story. Is it good? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, I have different taste in media than I did when I was in elementary school. Right. So it's possible. It sort of bankrupted the studio, and it led to a weird after period that Sherlock Holmes... And the Golden Ruler is part of. Mm -hmm. And what I think is notable about this story is that it's not a Bible story. Right. Were you familiar with the VeggieTales going into this? So, okay. When I was young, my parents were in a church band. Mm -hmm. But I was the kid that did not like to sit out during church. I liked to go to the playroom. And VeggieTales would be on in the playroom, Mm -hmm. but I was always either playing with the dollhouses or I'd just be bored and I'd go outside and play. Mm -hmm. So VeggieTales was not part of my childhood. I was always aware that it was something that existed growing up, but it was never like, I never watched it. I actually didn't like hear a lot about it, even like the silly songs with Larry until college 
when I was surrounded by people my age who kind of grew up with Veggie Tales and would sing like Where's My Hairbrush or other songs. It's funny. I feel like I didn't hear much about it in college. It had a much more impact to me when I was younger. Mm. And then I was like, oh, weird. Like they did a parody of The Lord of the Rings or whatever. I, I am, however, aware that in the 90s and before Joan and the Whale, it was much more religious. Mm-hmm. There was a period between Jonah and maybe like the mid 2010s where it was like less religious. And then now it's back to being religious again. So they do still make these. Yes. Yes. VeggieTales is still a thing. There, There's like a new series of VeggieTales. Or at least there was back in like 2019 to 2022. But it's definitely like from the early days of computer animation. Right. Everything looks like it's made of plastic. The animation is fairly simple. Like all the movements are pretty simple. This is definitely a company that did not have a Pixar budget. No, God, no. Not at all. Like, uh, imagine Pixar in the 80s before Toy Story. That's yeah. that's kind of what we're working with. There's a lot of, like, conventions that go along with that in the VeggieTales world as well. Like, obviously the choice of vegetables keeps the texture simple. But then also, my favorite convention is that because vegetables don't have hands, which, <laughs> which I think does make them easier to animate because they don't really have limbs to move around. They just kind of, like, hop from place to place, and if they pick up an object, it just floats near them. I love that. Yeah, very goofy. So, let's... If we don't say this every episode, our sponsor doesn't pay us. Let's dive right in. (laughs) By the way, did I ever say they were sponsored by Olympic diving pools? (laughs) (laughs) Olympic diving pools. Dive right in. So, Sherlock Holmes and the Golden Ruler is a story about... Bob and Larry, who are Sherlock Holmes and I think just Watson. Yes. Yeah. Larry is Holmes. Yes. And Bob is Watson. Yes. Bob the tomato. How would you describe Larry and Bob's usual dynamic? Larry is kind of the silly, imaginative, ridiculous one. And Bob is the very serious one. Yeah. They're Bert and Ernie. Yeah. They're the classic Bert and Ernie, Abbott and Costello duo. Except, unlike in those duos, the tall, skinny one is the goofy one, and the short, fat one is the strict straight man. Mm-hmm. And ever since Nigel Bruce and Basil Rathbone, we know that in a Sherlock Holmes duo, the tall, skinny one is Sherlock Holmes, and the short, fat one has to be Watson. Right. Which in, which I think makes less sense with the vegetable casting here. Interesting. Because it, it, it sort of follows from the last ones we've watched, where, like... Sherlock Holmes is kind of a a lovable idiot, and mm. his Watson is the clever one. Yeah, I was getting major without a clue vibes. Major without a clue vibes. And I I, th- I think part of that also is that Sherlock being called Sherlock is, like, literally true. Like, the way that he solves crimes is that he just seems to happen into whatever the solution is. And, very fitting, after the Gene Wilder film, sheer luck. Well, I'm glad they didn't take any other inspiration from that movie. So our story starts with Holmes and Watts going to a ice cream parlor called Doyle's. Mm-hmm. Because, you see, Sherlock Holmes was written by a man named Arthur. Right. <laughs> Holmes smokes a bubble pipe in this. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think it's funny that they're like they, we want to have the iconography of the pipe, but it's a kids' cartoon, so it's right. not going to be like you know he doesn't have a drug problem. And I think we immediately get the dynamic, which is that Sherlock doesn't appreciate Watson enough. Mm. So he's retelling their latest adventure, and he makes it very much about him. They sing a song. Mm-hmm. In Bob Watson, tomato. <laughs> That's what he's called, Bob Watson tomato. Yeah, mm. is all kind of like all sad they do have this cute moment though (gasps) with the cake with the cake so every time that they solve a mystery or every night that they go to Doyle's they get their usual which is two glasses of milk and a piece of cake with I believe ice cream on top and they split it by Sherlock taking the ice cream and then Bob the Tomato Watson gets the whole cake and I think that's sweet. Yeah. Well, also because, like, I think it's important that we understand them as friends because this story is about them learning to be better friends. Or about one of them learning to be a better friend, let's be honest. That's true. But it's Sherlock who splits the, or Sherlock, who splits the ice cream and cake. He just takes the ice cream and passes the cake over. And it's a, it's a sweet gesture mm-hmm. that I think, you know, I'm not accusing this piece of being subtle, but it's a nice subtle nod to the fact that these people do like each other. Yeah. There's also this running joke that Sherlock doesn't understand big words. People keep using big words near him. He's confused every time. Big words and then Scottish people. Well, I think the joke is that everybody doesn't understand Scottish people except for Watson. Well. And presumably other Scottish people. <laughs> so the Scottish carrot shows up to tell them that there's been a rubbery at the palace. That's not a Scottish accent. Right. That, oh, was, that was bad. Let me try again. Think of Shrek. Oh, I... What are you doing in Miss Swamp? Yep. There has been a rivalry at the palace. There it is. It's pretty bad still. Yeah. It's pretty bad. They go to the palace, and it turns out a, a very important key to a very important treasure room where the golden ruler is kept has been stolen. Their investigation is interrupted by two police officers. Who I guess are the, our version of... Lestrade and... The other one? Yeah. I guess. But they're uh, called Fish and Chips. They're called Fish and Chips, which are both acronyms for different branches of the police. And they keep saying, move along, nothing to see here. Yeah. As a call and response. One of them says, move along, the other one says, nothing to see here. Right. And that, come, that just comes back as a running joke. We love a bit. Mm-hmm. They were funny. They also kind of ruined the investigation a little bit. Which does feel very much like the canon that the police just get in the way. Yeah. Although I feel like the Sherlock Holmes canon is much more about, like, collaborating with the police than about being really actively hindered by them. Another thing from Without a Clue, kind of, of, like, the mm-hmm. police are in the way. But Sherlock, true to his name, gets bundled up in crime tape and then trips, exposing a secret passageway, which then they don't investigate. Right. They're just like, that must be relevant to the case. And then they leave. Go back to Doyle's. Yes. Where Sherlock, a la Michael Caine, is kind of being a dick. Yes. And this is where Watson storms off. And he's like, you should be a better friend. You should you should treat people a little bit better. Right. And he storms off. And Sherlock's like, what? What did I do? My favorite thing is that they're like in the street having this confrontation. And then... Two fangirls. Oh, two fangirls. That's not it. The two fangirls do stop by and ask for... Sherlock's autograph, and he uses Bob as as a table, yeah, to write on, which is funny. But then also, 
when Bob storms off, he'd like start bouncing away, but not that quickly because he's a tomato. Right. And Sherlock starts like yelling after him. Come back! But he's like, he's just not that far away. Right. <laughs> you know, like you're probably talking at a normal volume. We see Sherlock at his apartment. And he he's playing the tuba. Right, instead of the violin. <laughs> Which is funny. I like that. The Scottish carrot comes back in. Mm-hmm. And is like, the golden ruler has been... Sto-. I can't do him. But nobody can understand him. Right. Sherlock can't understand him. And then he, like, kind of goes into a regular British accent or, like, yeah, enunciates it. Over-enunciates. To make it clear. The golden ruler has been stolen. Sherlock's like, well, I better go get Watson. Yeah, so it goes to his house to knock on his door and be like, hey, I need you so I can help solve this case. Watson has a lot of maids in this one. Yeah, every window has a different maid in it. They keep opening up and dumping things out of buckets on top of Larry the Cucumber. Which was really funny. Culminating in an anvil. <laughs> and they're all like, well, you should have been kind to him. Yeah, which is terrific. Go solve it yourself. Also, I love that they live in separate houses, because I guess they do in some parts of the Conan Doyle canon, but the idea that, like, Watson has this nicer mansion with all these maids feels untrue to the spirit of Arthur Conan Doyle's masterpiece. I mean, Watson's a doctor. Doctors make a lot of moolah. That's true. Also, Watson is not there for the day, so he's been out all day. Yes. One of the maids says that he's suffering from a broken heart. That's pretty gay. Which is, you know, feels a little... That's pretty gay. Notable. I mean, he is a fruit. Is he, though? Yes. We actually almost got a title drop here, because one of the maids says, if you'd only followed the golden rule, (laughs) I'd been a good friend. Um, Oh, I just got that joke. They make it pretty explicit. Yeah. Because when we see the golden ruler that's been stolen, it does have the golden rule, like, written on it. Right. But I didn't get it. I was too much enjoying the stuff being thrown on the head of Larry the Cucumber mm-hmm. and the awful British accents. Mm-hmm. So, Sherlock shows up to the palace. Huh? I think we see the Queen for the first time? Yes, we see both the King and Queen for the first time. They're peas. And also all of Buckingham Guard are also peas. Huh? And the Prime Minister explains that the Golden Ruler was stolen during a changing of the Guard. Mm-hmm. And Larry is sort of unable to draw any conclusions from that because of his sheer luck MO. So he's just like, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> they solve this thing. And then Watson returns. Right. Watson has been in the castle all day. Presumably in disguise as one of the guards, because t- I think he has the hat on. Yes. Which is funny because he's a tomato and they're all peas. Right. So like, much larger. Much larger, different color. And Watson pretty much has it all figured out. Yeah. What I love is that Watson does, like, Sherlock detective vision. Like, he just solves the case, basically. Because it goes into a different visual mode. It's very, like, CSI, where it's like, we're showing the clues up close, and, you know, everything's blue. And he's like, there were tufts of hair on the passageway that were the right height and width of the Buckingham guard hats and there were these traces of uneaten brie cheese and French bread which means that whoever perpetrated this must have been from a foreign nation and then it shows the Eiffel Tower and some music plays but it never says the right. name of the country right which is very funny and then also like there's tracks in the dust that are the right size to be a P mark and it compares them to like the footprint of like a bear and a hawk I think <laughs> Which is very funny because I don't think either of those animals exist in the VeggieTales world. 
Like everybody leaves round <laughs> imprints when they walk because they're all vegetables. And then Sherlock, being Sherlock, kind of accidentally knocks over all the guards. Mm-hmm. And we see the guard at the end has the golden ruler under his hat. Oh, well, we ha- I also want to talk about first that the prime minister does an, an interrogation of all of the oh yes of all of the peas, where he's like, "Did any of you steal the golden ruler?" And they all go, "No." And he goes, "Are all of you loyal subjects to the queen?" And they all go, "We," oui. <laughs> which is funny because. One of them is French. Right. There's a French P. Well, I love how after the interrogation, he was like, I'm sorry, but none of these people are the person. <laughs> right. They've been thoroughly interrogated. So, yeah, French P is revealed to be the, the point betrayer. The golden ruler is found. It says the golden rule on it. Which is something about friendship. Oh, treat others the way that you would like to be treated, is what it says. The Prime Minister thanks Sherlock for solving the case, but he thanks Watson for... Mm. For solving it, which is fair. Uh-huh. And then they go back to Doyle's and sing a reprise of the song. But instead of it ending with Sherlock saying, all thanks to me, it's all thanks to us. Right. Because, which rhymes with the song better friendship. anyway. And friendship restored. Happy ending to everybody. And that's Sherlock Holmes and the Golden Ruler. Yeah. It's a very simple little story. It's a simple little story. But I like how it kind of references past adaptations that we've looked at like it has like a lot of without a clue in it where watson is the smarter more capable detective and sherlock is kind of there yeah it's interesting that dynamic that emerges because um, we should talk about this we also watched the looney tunes episode right deduce you say yes which stars uh, daffy duck as Dorlock holmes and Porky Pig as Watson. As Watkins. Well, yeah. Which is very much the same dynamic, where, like, Daffy is a goofball, and Porky Pig is the, like, pragmatic, level-headed one who's, like, actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. But, unlike other ones where Watson kind of confronts the Sherlock, mm-hmm. Porky Pig Watkins mm-hmm. kind of just lets... Daffy be an idiot and get his comeuppance. Yeah, it's also sort of like there's something like the way that you treat a toddler mm. where you're just like, he's like, I'll let him get his energy out and then I'll, <laughs> then I'll go in and deal with this problem. So what do you think it is about that dynamic that interests writers so much? The like, what if Sherlock was the dumb one? What if Watson was the smart one? We've seen three examples now of this dynamic. You know what I think it stems from? I don't think it stems from the novels. Mm-hmm. Because in the novels, they are very, like, compatible and very, like, both intelligent people. Sherlock is more, like, better at deducing and, like, observing. Mm-hmm. But Watson can keep up in the novels, I feel. I think this is a direct response to Rathbone and Bruce. Oh, just how much of a bumbling idiot they made Watson. Yeah. And now they're settling the score by taking Holmes down a peg. Yeah. Yeah, and restoring Watson some intelligence. It's the only thing that really makes sense to me as to why they would do it. I don't think a lot of people read all the Sherlock novels or read all the Sherlock short stories. Sure. And so I think a lot of people base their perception on Sherlock from Rathbone and Bruce. Well, I think that's more of a cultural memory than it is a specific one. I think when I've men- mentioned this podcast, people they say, "Oh yeah, those movies with Robert Downey Jr." You know, I think every generation has its, yeah. its homes. But at least like at that time. 
But I think that, like, the influence of Rathbun and Bruce is huge. And I think that, like, especially when we talk about, like, the great mouse detective, we're still seeing references to the way those characters are played by Rathbun and Bruce. And, like, that creates new cultural memories for people of, of what the archetype of these characters is. And I think, too, the other versions, like, for instance, Granada, you know, kind of came either a little too late or kind of at the same time as, like, say, Without a Clue. So there wasn't, like, I guess a way to reference it yet or a way to go, oh, actually, yeah, Watson is smart. Or they're both, like, compatible people in intelligence. I think now today we get that, possibly thanks to Granada. Yeah, yeah. I I think also some of the more modern adaptations have restored us a Watson who doesn't exist just to be like, wow, so incredible, Holmes. And is much more like a more three-dimensional person. Yeah. That's what I hope we'll see when we get into uh, the 2010s BBC Sherlock and the Guy Ritchie movies. But it's interesting that these two works, which are from fairly different moments, had a similar perspective on where to find the comedy in the story. Because hmm. I, th- I think there's a lot of things that are funny about the stories without having to change the, the dynamic. Right. I also think another thing about the dynamic in regards to Sherlock hmm. is we like to see smart people be wrong. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's just something out of like human nature. Like we like taking smart people down a peg. Yeah, that's true. And I think that is kind of a commentary of like, oh, look at this Sherlock. He's so smart. Well, what if we made him dumb? (laughs) Yeah. And I think notably, especially in Deduce, you say, the Looney Tunes cartoon, Daffy's doorlock Holmes is a smart person. Maybe not about crime. There's a joke at the beginning about how his passion is deducting because he's like doing tax, (laughs) tax evasion effectively. But he's like, you know, crouched over a writing pad being like, well, if I take my maiden aunt Clotilda as a dependent, then I can save this much money, you know, so on and so on. And I think that's, you know, that's a form of intelligence, clearly, whereas Larry the Cucumber is just happy to be anywhere. He's a silly little guy. Or Cucumber, as the case may be. Well. Well. So that's interesting. But Daffy is hopeless at solving crimes. (laughs) There is a point where somebody stabs a knife into the bar they're at. And he t- takes a second before he's like, oh, a clue! <laughs> and then the knife very conveniently has the name and address of the murderer they're looking for <laughs> written on it. So, yeah, interesting that the dynamic in that one is much more that Porky Pig is, like, the long-suffering. But also, sometimes he seems genuinely sort of impressed <laughs> by, <laughs> by Daffy's idiocy, where he's like, he has his methods. Is it impressed or is it amazed? I don't know. And then it ends with a stupid joke where he's like, what kind of school did you go to to learn to be a detective like this? Elementary, dear Watkins, <laughs> elementary. Something of note in both of them, a villain that's kind of not noteworthy. You know, where you, we've, we've been so used to seeing like a Moriarty or like a Clay. And then we have these two like villains that are just like random. I don't even remember what happened to the French pea. He gets taken away. He gets taken away. Yeah. And then in the Daffy Duck cartoon, you know, we have like this... The Shropshire Slasher. This very large yeah. man. Which is sort of a classic foil for a Daffy Duck. It's just a very big guy. Who's like very like aggressive toward Daffy. Yeah. But then when talking to Porgy, he's like kind of a softie. And, uh, you know, there's a like, is he the 
a scary murderer or is he just like a nice mama's boy who is going to go back to jail because someone asked him nicely (laughs) you know he's kind of whatever the situation requires him to be right favorite between the two of them which one do you like better Ooh, sort of apples and oranges but yeah to, to ask an unfair question i think the daffy duck one is too short to be my favorite i think the veggie tales one centers the holmes watson relationship in a way that that we've always appreciated. Yeah. Even though it's pretty explicitly a friendship. No, they they could be they could be lovers. They could be lovers. Yeah. Who live in separate houses. Yeah. No. No, but there's a lot of like this is not how you treat a friend kind of conversation. Well, yeah. Which I guess you could read other ways, but there are vegetables. Well, yeah, I think the Daffy Duck one is too short, but I also think the Veggie Tales doesn't have a lot of depth. Yeah, a lot of depth to I think they're kind of equal. Yeah. I think if you, like, figure out a way to match them, like, have the humor of the Daffy Duck one and also, like, the mystery of the VeggieTales one, I think you might have, like, Mm -hmm. the perfect, like, cartoon parody. Well, the good news is we have a lot more cartoon parodies to go. Yes. I know we're looking at Scooby-Doo and Alvin and the Chipmunks later this season. I can't wait. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see about those. But next episode... It's our Christmas special. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. There is a Christmas Sherlock story. So next week we're looking at the adventure of the blue carbuncle. Yes. And looking at both the original story and the Granada Holmes version of it. Very excited to go back to Granada. See what they add. See what they take away. Well, we've been your Baker Street regulars. And we'll see you next time. Eat your vegetables.